you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen. Today, this week, we're going to be talking about isolation and how it affects us during and after COVID-19. There are countries, states, and communities ours included here in California, where we continue the shelter-in-place orders at the same time that we here are starting to think about opening things up, but there are other places where they're already opening things up. China has already opened up, if not all of their country, most of it, I believe, but I thought it was a good time to talk about isolation. It's not a new issue, particularly for older people. It has been an issue for quite a long time. But it is a new issue for many of the rest of us in the population. This isn't the first time there have been lockdowns of whole geographic areas, but it's the first time in our collective memory that it's affected the entire globe. That's about the only thing that's new about it. The Lancet Journal in the UK went and started collecting information related to quarantines back when the first glimmering of the COVID-19 lockdown started in China in December of last year. They did a rap, what they call a rapid review of all of the studies and papers that had been done. They found 3,166 in total, and they identified 24 in particular that they wanted to use for their review. These were studies that ended up being related to SARS, Ebola, H1N1 influenzas, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, and equine influenza. All of those diseases and viruses had had quarantines associated with them, small ones and or large ones. So the people who were studied included hospital employees and health workers, unique community and geographic area residents. So they were the actual people who were in living in the areas, like those of the rest of us who aren't healthcare workers now. College students, they looked at faculty and their families, and they compared psychological outcomes for people who had been quarantined versus those who had not. And they found, not surprisingly, that after the quarantines were over, people said that they still had feelings of stress, fear, irritability, exhaustion, and anxiety. They also reported that they were having trouble concentrating, sleeping, and even just working. There were others who had what was then diagnosed as PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And that included nightmares, flashbacks, and distressing, what they call distressing memories, along with a group of hospital workers who also reported that they had started abusing alcohol or having an alcohol dependency. In one of the studies of people quarantined due to potential SARS contact, it was found that after the quarantine was over, quote, 54% of the people avoided people who were coughing or sneezing. 
26% avoided crowded enclosed places, and 21% avoided all public spaces in the weeks following the quarantine period, unquote. Another SARS study found that 9% of the people still had depression symptoms three years after the quarantine was lifted. Another study found that several of those people took many months to return to their normal behaviors, reporting, quote, vigilant handwashing and avoidance of crowds, unquote. As an aside, I would guess that we all are going to have to work through some of those ourselves when we are eventually allowed out of our shelter in place. Although hand washing is probably always a good practice. If you look at all of the people who are most affected by the shelter in place and the shutdowns, it would probably be older people, people with pre-existing mental and physical issues, along with those who have financial issues. Older people are more at risk of already being socially isolated. As people age, they tend to live alone, lose friends, and don't easily make new ones. According to a National Academy of Sciences 2020 consensus report, almost one in four Americans, that's 25%, aged 65 or older, and who live in community settings, that, that's in places where there are actually other people around, are, these people are socially isolated. 43% of people 60 and older say that they feel lonely and isolated. The NAS report also says that there is, quote, strong evidence, unquote, linking isolation and loneliness to, quote, an increased risk of early death, dementia, heart disease, and other health problems, unquote. It's also linked to about a 50% increased risk of developing dementia. And for those with heart failure, it's linked to a fourfold increased risk of death. Personally, I know that when my mom became more and more isolated as her friends passed away and she didn't start making any new ones, she started thinking that her neighbor was harassing her and calling the police and doing all these other things, which she wasn't. We went, took her to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist said that she didn't have dementia, she didn't have Alzheimer's, nothing like that. It was what he called isolation and that we needed to get her out and being social, which unfortunately we were never able to get her to do, but that's a whole nother podcast in itself. Back to the current situation. Our current lockdowns have increased the isolation many seniors feel because they can't receive visits and have physical contact with family in particular and friends. And when you combine that with the warnings that older people can more easily contract the virus, the higher death rates when they do get it, and the stress and worry that seniors have over their own health, all of that together can weaken their immune systems when they most need them to be strong. As an aside, it's an important piece of information to know that for most people, even those of us that are healthy, the immune system starts to decline when we reach 40. We can't fight off infections as well, and if we develop any kind of chronic medical condition, it can weaken it even more. Just a few things that can help you keep a healthy immune system healthy is to eat a variety of foods, variety of foods, especially fruits, vegetables, legumes, which are like beans, and whole grain. And don't rely just on supplements to fill in the areas where you don't eat. Exercise is also very important to maintain your health and mobility. 
and you should try to get at least 150 minutes a week of moderate intensity physical exercise. Obviously, don't smoke or vape, and if you do, you better stop it now. And the last item is to reduce your stress levels. If you listen to this podcast, you have already heard those suggestions like meditation, yoga, Tai Chi exercise, or play music like learn how to play the piano. Any of those are a big help. But don't forget that the other thing about stress is worry, which I've also talked about because worrying about, for instance, that you're going to get infected, that you're going to get the COVID-19 can also increase your stress, which is going to affect your immune system. And that's no matter how old you are. So one more thing that can increase the stress and isolation for everyone, but especially for older adults, is that they're not able to visit the medical professionals who support them. In other words, their usual doctors and be able to talk to them about the issues that they were already dealing with, let alone anything new that has happened. I know myself that I was still getting physical therapy for my shoulder and collarbone when the lockdown started. And I've only been able to communicate with my PT through email. And even though I have gotten great support with additional exercises, it's not the same as going in for an in-person visit. I can't show him things and get answers to why certain things are happening. There are also a few suggestions in an article I read in the UC Berkeley Health After 50 June newsletter, and some of which I've already talked about, but the biggest one that I wanted to add is to find ways to connect with others. That could be online, which for most of us is not hard to do. For some of us, we might want to talk about, think about getting offline sometimes. If you are not familiar with using a computer or cell phone though, to meet online, then just use the phone to call people you know and have some, start having some conversations. Ask them how they're doing. Find out about them. Just don't end up talking about yourself all the time. Perhaps you can also go outside and talk to your neighbors if you know them. Just do it from more than an acceptable quote, social distance, of course. If you're able to exercise, go for a walk, learn yoga over the television or computer. And after things start to open up, find an exercise class for seniors to get more exercise and some social contact at the same time and make some new friends. If you're an animal lover, think about getting a rescue dog or a cat for company. A dog will also get you outside for a walk a few times a day. Not so much with a cat, but they're just as good. They're very affectionate. Don't forget that we are all feeling isolated during this time. And most of us are missing being able to just do something like go to the supermarket when we just need one thing, to to a store to pick up something else, or even to the gym. Our daily lives have not only been affected, They've essentially been put on hold. Human beings are social animals and it's very hard on us to be isolated and on hold. Please make sure that you have some human contact every day. If you're finding that hard to do, reach out and get some help. Let your family know that you need them to call you regularly or you can call your doctor and have them help you over the phone. Get yourself online. It's really not that difficult and meet people virtually. Lastly, don't lose hope that you will make it through this pandemic. Look back on your life and think about all of those times that you went through hard times and came through it stronger than before. 
you and we will all come through this stronger and more aware of how important and resilient we are and that our community, family, and the people of the world are important to us as well. Don't forget that. And don't forget that you have your own innate ability to be strong and to come through this. Let me know in the comments what you're going, what you're doing now to maintain and move forward during this time. What are some books that you're reading that you're getting a lot of information from? What is it that this time is giving you some extra time, saying time too much, but to do that you kept meaning to do that you just haven't had a chance and now you have the time. Make sure that you don't use it frivolously. Make sure that you use it wisely and you get things done and you keep expanding and you keep learning. That's what's important. And I've included the names of some of my favorite books and maybe some movies below if you need anything else to watch or to read. And you can add those to your favorites as well. So that's it for me this week. And as always, I will remind you that I am not a doctor and any information in this show should not be considered as medical advice. If you're having a medical issue, please call your doctor immediately and get help from them. And as usual, I look forward to talking with you all next week. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit HealthyTipsAfter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.